You're listening to the Counting Lights Podcast with Chris Dimity and Dan Danzy. Counting Lights Podcast, where comedy and wrestling lock up. Yesterday, we should have done the podcast yesterday when I was all sad and fucking miserable. Now I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) one good show and Dan's whole attitude changes. Guys, if you want to email the podcast or if you want to come show up at the podcast, put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger, that'd be great. Um... But yeah, no, uh, what if, hypothetically, what if, I could get you a match with Kurt Angle? Oh, for fucking and, no and, way. And that would be your last That's match. No I mean, he's not exactly in the shape that he used to be. You guys could do something. Oh, you're talking about a fucking former Olympic champion. Yeah. I mean, it's still. No, man. No, I'm just, I would embarrass You wouldn't myself. do it. You wouldn't grab a hold on Kurt Angle. I would grab a hold and then. Five minute match. And I would hold on and ride it like a bull, but that's. Five minute match. You job to him, of course. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Sounds like there's gonna be a fight. Oh well, okay. Well, who would who who would be? Uh, I don't who know. Would it would be... have to be something special. Here, here, here's here's probably somebody I might be able to take. Okay, give me a match with Terry Funk. I mean, I think he's dying right now. There you go. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I think I could go over. We just lost sixty listeners right now. <laughs> How dare he disrespect Terry? I love Terry. He's one of my favorite guys in the business. I would love to meet him. Literally, like, and we've been on shows with him. He's just fucking such a good guy Mm -hmm. and and such a student of the wrestling business. And it's just being in presence. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story about uh, the first time I met Terry Funk. Let's do it. So it was uh, right after uh, Carrie Von Erich had passed away, and we were doing a. Um, New Year's Eve show at the Sportatorium to raise money for uh, Carrie's wife and kids. And all the you got booger? Yeah, you got a booger. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, oh, by the way, 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 last night, uh-huh. looked through the pictures, my zipper was down the whole time. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I had After to... the show, <laughs> we're outside talking. <laughs> I tell Dan, I was like, hey, man, uh, you might want to zip that zipper up. And he goes, holy crap, was that through the whole show? I go, I don't know. But you were Did backstage. You, you didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. So Misty took pictures. Dan did the whole show. With I looked at Misty's pictures fly down the whole fucking time. I had to use. <laughs> that is the greatest thing had, I've ever heard. I had to use the owner's pictures because he's in the back of the room and you couldn't tell. And you just crop them. Crop them. No. You no. Couldn't? I couldn't because you want to get the Comedy <laughs> Arena logo in there. It's all promotion, right? So you got to promote the club. So there was no good angle. Oh, God, so man, it just gives me so much joy. I had to use a friend's photo from the very corner because you couldn't see the open. <laughs> Open fly and Jared from the back of the room, but yeah, all my pictures just open fly. Uh, like I just don't so, give a shit. All right, note to self: check Dan's fly before he goes. On I'm stage. gonna check your boogers before you get up on stage I'll tonight. Blow my nose for you. So the, we are a bunch. Of, we we are two just chuckle fucks. I can't believe people trust uh, us with anything. Oh my god. <laughs> Fly unzip booger. I'm gonna go up there. I think I shit my pants a little bit. I'm gonna go up there and perform real quick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> go ahead with your Terry Funk story. I'm sorry. It's okay. I interrupted you. Okay. But so. this booger was this booger was hanging out of your nose like it had something to add I'm to the story. Well, maybe it did. <laughs> this is the booger that Terry Funk raised. Yeah. 
So, um, and so it's New Year's Eve. Okay. And everybody's coming into the sport term. A lot of people are coming in from out of town to do this. Basically, nobody's working for pay. Okay. So that was the night that myself and Steve Dane wrestled um, uh, Terry Gordy and Dr. Dusty Williams. They flew in from Japan. Okay. To do Damn. Appearance. Okay. So it was one of the greatest nights of my life to be able to wrestle Terry Gordy and and uh, and. I've seen I've seen Terry Bam Bam Gordy. I've seen him back in back in the day. My dad took me to like a Conroe wrestling event. Wrestling was really popular at this time. So those little shows back in the nineties were just fucking, you know, those spot Huge, shows. Yeah. They were they were fucking sold out. And, and it was Terry Gordy they, versus I think Greg the Hammer Valentine. And it was uh, Terry Gordy and Doctor Dusty Williams mm-hmm. were the wow. You know they were carrying all the championships, yeah. both the championships from Japan. This is before Doctor Death went to WWF, right? Yes. And this will, yeah. fucked up his yep. that brawl for it all. Right, fucked exactly. him up. Yeah. And this is when they were the fucking shit. Bro. Oh Jesus! And what I, I would give. Terrified. You should be, man. And, I mean, <laughs> they were fucking great. Oh, I'm sure know, they were nice um, guys. No talking over the match. Mm. Fucking, you know, they're coming right from Japan, and yeah. I know this is going to be a stiff motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And it was, And but I was grateful to be part of it and uh, got pictures in the magazines and pro wrestling. Hell yeah. From it. But anyway, to see these guys coming in from everywhere, when Terry Funk walked in the building, mm-hmm. he was wearing a full-length f- fucking fox coat. With a cowboy hat on, and I'm I'm not lying to you. I saw him like that drip. The, the, way, the way that the this is when you could get we'll get away with that. Back yeah. um, when he walked in the building, when he walked in the building, there was this hallway in the sportatorium. Yeah, that kind of separated the uh, enhancement talents dressing room from the uh, main event talents dressing mm-hmm. room. And he came in just in a terrific mood. I'm glad to Saying be there. Saying hi to grateful. everybody. Yeah. But I'm telling you, when he when I stuck my head out of the locker room and saw him in the hallway and stood up to get a better look at him, it now I'm not fucking lying to you. Oh god! This, like there was a fucking like it was like an aura that fucking <laughs> walked in around. Him. It was like there was somebody that was fucking lighting him. <laughs> <laughs> from a direction, and I don't know if it was my fucking mind that did it, but to see him in that full-length coat, like the Dusty Rhodes full-length yeah, yeah, yeah. mink coat, yeah, and to, and a cowboy and, and hat. a cowboy hat to see him walk in and just like this was like kind of around the Roadhouse <laughs> the time, you know, and that aura. a Roadhouse, you know, you remember Road when ha- he was I, in Roadhouse, right? He was in Roadhouse, and, yeah, and, and, like he was coming from Hollywood and he wasn't wrestling full time, and it was just like he's just he was like ha. It's like, wow. It's like, holy shit, Terry Funk. Roadhouse. It's, fucking great, you know. <laughs> it's a great memory that I get to keep in my mind, and I wish I could share that. No, that's awesome. I wish I could share that picture that's in my head mm-hmm. to, with every, oh, like, I wish I could print it out. Mm-hmm. And so everybody could see that picture that I saw of him walking in with this full length fucking Dude, Terry Funk's coat. It, I don't think ECW would have gone where it went if it wasn't for Terry Funk. Because Terry Funk was that wrestling veteran that ECW needed. That name. He gave, he gave, gave credibility. Gave great credibility. He had great matches with Raven and Tommy Dreamer. And then the infamous barbed wire 
uh, rope match with Sabu. God, those well, remember were great the fucking where matches. Ever, where somebody yelled, "Give me a chair!" Mm-hmm. and all everybody in the everybody just started throwing the, the chairs. chairs That's an iconic moment. Yeah, Terry Funk and Mick Foley yeah. were in the ring. Oh yeah. God, I know they tried to redo that uh, a couple years back when the Dudleys were like free agents. And they were doing like a, they were in TNA, and TNA was doing something in the ECW arena, and they tried to recreate that moment. I was like, why would you? Here's why what's would so you great do? Is that because cable was was big? Yeah, but not everybody got every. Still, not everybody got every wrestling show. Mm-hmm. And you had to be like you had to set a, have a certain type of cable or satellite to get ECW. Yeah, because really it was based out of. Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and you just didn't get it. And their uh, and the production was their so TV, yeah, it was cheap. Oh, it was. I mean, it was Paul's basic. house oh, with yeah. Tommy Dream. Who was it? Was it Tommy Dreamer doing the graphics? Somebody yeah, they in house was doing the was, graphics. Actually, it wasn't even Paul's house. I it mean, was his parents' house. His yeah, it was his basement. mom's basement and shit. <laughs> That's fucked up. And it's we wild. didn't realize at the time it was the same type of shows we were running here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know, on the shoestring budget. You know that we were running out of the local VFW. Yeah. You know, it was the same type of show. You know, we were getting the same kinds of crowds that they were getting at ECW. Mm -hmm. So what did we do? Nobody had seen that finish. We used it at one of our shows. (laughs) You fucking hacks. Huge pop. Huge pop. It was Kit's idea. (laughs) (laughs) That does sound like a Kit idea. I mean, listen, back back in the day, nothing was new. You just stole fucking finishes all the time. You mean the guy... Who thought May Young and Moolah taking the titles off of you came out with that idea? Get out of here! That's good. That's no, good. I will say Kit has got some great ideas, and also, but Paul Heyman back then, I don't think there was a other than maybe Eric Bischoff, and I'm I'm well, really giving deal. Eric when Bischoff Paul, too much credit. Well, Paul Heyman started Eastern Championship Wrestling, mm-hmm. like he was, he knew this was his chance to do whatever the fuck he His wanted. opportunity. That's right. His, he, he was going to break away from the NWA, whether they liked it or not, right. and he was going to go, but like, and I'm giving Eric Bischoff too much credit, actually, so let me take back my statement. I think the most brilliant mind out of that whole 90s era was Paul Heyman. He definitely came up with ideas, and let, here's what was great about um, ECW, is that ECW did have Paul's ideas, mm-hmm. but Paul let all the boys put their ideas in. Absolutely. And that, that's a, listen, that is a direct reflection of what's going on right nowadays. And we've talked about it, you know, the last several episodes. Like, if they will just give enough back to the boys where the boys can put their ideas in. Well, I mean, that's what AEW does. I mean, you gotta fucking let the boys fucking have an input. input. So it brings us to the subject that we talked about before. We came on today, the article about the kid who's doing the dance. <laughs> Rene Dupree. So, there, yeah, there's an article going around. Uh, uh, fucking Michael Hayes, that's his name. <laughs> I know who Michael Hayes is. Michael Hayes would get really mad at Rene Dupree for doing his uh, little dance so Rene that Dupree he does. Was, was, uh, I don't understand why this is news. Guy, right? Yeah, he was guy, in the tag like, team La Resistance. Right, okay. The French Canadian, uh, yeah, French Can- it's that French Canadian gimmick with the twist. So it was Rene Dupree and Vanier. Some other fucking French Jacques, guy. Jacques something. Jacques, Jacques, something. 
Jacques something. I don't know. Jacques of Mal. But it wasn't. I don't understand why this was. This is news because it's not. La Resistance didn't really do a lot of shit. (laughs) I think they may have won the tag titles once. But, I mean, they were a pet project from Pat Patterson because Pat Patterson was at the club. Yeah, so, so this Rene Dupree guy apparently was a go-go dancer at a gay bar in, yeah. in uh, yeah. New York City. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know it? where what Pat Patterson frequented. Me and Pat Patterson hung out in two totally different establishments. <laughs> well, if, if but that's how he Pat broke Patterson would have hung out in some of the same places, I probably got a bigger push in the WWF. Maybe. I don't know, Chris. You're you're taking you're 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 kind of giving yourself too much credit on the looks mm-hmm. department tight there. Ass is a tight ass. I don't know any I I don't know any gay guys, but if next time I meet oh, you one, do. I mean I do, but none that know you. I'll show them a picture <laughs> no, and just be like, that. huh? Listen, I've you're changed. probably like a big Papa Bear type. I, I used to be a very nice looking young man. They'd probably like you because you're a bear type. Oh, my, my Have you ever heard that said, before? My, yes, my wife has told me several <laughs> times. She said, listen. If you'll just let me put a mask on you, and you can dance in front Wait, of the what? camera. Wait, <laughs> Tell me this several times. Just put a mask on. Lift weights in front of the camera. We'll be millionaires. Oh, yeah. TikTok? Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Not going to do it. Yeah. No, your son's going to bring that TikTok money. I've seen your son's TikTok. It's hilarious. But, yeah, that's how that's how Rene Dupree broke into, into, the, into the business. So he was doing some little dance when he went out to the... Yeah, it, it was like, uh, I would say it was as cheesy as, uh, you remember Alex Wright and he yeah. had that dance move? Right. It was just as cheesy as that. It never really got a, I don't know. I don't know why. Over. This, it was getting over and that's what they pissed off getting, Michael Hayes, Well, right? they weren't getting over they because were they, to, weren't get, they weren't good wrestlers. Right. They were from the nightclub scene. I don't know if his tag team partner was, but that's what Rene Dupree was. Rene Dupree was in the nightclub scene, and the only reason he was there was because Pat Patterson liked his physique. Now, what you want to make of that, I don't know. Well, did, I don't think we have to make anything of did, it. Was Pat Patterson attracted to him, or did he just really think he had a good physique? That's up in the air. But he wasn't. And so Michael Hayes being mad at him for doing a dance, I get, but I don't know why it's news. It's because it's a slow, the slow, slow, slow wrestling news week, yeah. And uh, and our hearts go out to Sabu, by the way, who uh, who lost his wife this past week, Super Genie. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace. Fifty years old. We saw her at uh, the last SWE the last event. SWE, yeah. Um, and I know she'd been dealing with some health issues. Mm-hmm. She was actually in the wheelchair when we saw her mm-hmm. uh, a few months back. And but yeah, I wouldn't have thought. You know, I wouldn't have thought she was. You know, had right. to, I mean, she still, you know, she was active and talkative yeah. and stuff, and you know, everybody seemed to to be, everyone seemed to be really happy that she was there, and she yeah. seemed really happy to be there. It sucks, man. It sucks for Sabu. Some of his uh, yeah. So we want to send some support out to Sabu. Hell yeah! I know he's going through a tough time now, and 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 there's uh, when when the person you've been around for that many years um, is not in your life anymore, it's it's a really tough thing that you're going that you have to deal with yeah you know you have to really it's it's a it's a it's the end of an era if you will it's kind of like you know that uh you know the beginning of a or the end of high school or Mm -hmm. the you know end of a marriage or you know it's a really tough time and i know it's you know when you deal with uh it's 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 like somebody's been there for 20 years and now Mm -hmm. they're not there anymore yeah 
Damn. And then Dell Wilkes, the Patriot, passed away, 59. We yeah, talked man. about that last night. You've got a, a great disclaimer for this because I was asking you, like, 59 still kind of young. Like, why? Yeah. You know, he didn't um, do drugs. What happened? No, I don't think. Like, I never noticed uh, Dell being a guy who was a big partier. Mm -hmm. He was always uh, one of those guys that stayed in shape and watched what he ate and was in the gym all the time. I think he was a former Marine mm -hmm. or some sort of Which military. You, you have a great, and, like... And I want to say that he was, uh, I, I want to say he was, like, before he got in the wrestling business, was the highway highway patrolman or yeah. something. But, uh, but, but yeah, the, I mean, what, what was he, 59? 59. 59 years old. I mean, yeah. Well, that's, that's really young. That's still, I mean, people, I mean, it's, it's not 60, you know, you're still in that, right. you still pretty much got 15, maybe 20 years yeah, left. I mean, you know, the life, uh, you know, the but life average, expectancy for a wrestler. Well, yeah, it's really, it's tough because here's the problem. And, and but you, but you are doing, a, and, and the reason I brought this up is so you could put this out there to maybe people that you wrestled with or were shared the locker rooms with. This like uh, not disclaimer. What is this message of like go to your cardiologist? Yeah, it's really important for guys like us, and I think it's uh, it's you know one of the tough parts about being in the wrestling business or being in entertainment in general mm -hmm. is that until you you have um, endless disposable money, yeah, like you don't take care of yourself. You don't go and get regular checks up, checkups at the doctor. You don't you know you only go to the doctor if there's an issue. Yeah. And unfortunately, when it comes to um, blood pressure issues or heart issues or anything that involves just people getting older, mm -hmm. like you have to, you have to go and you have to see people and be ahead of the game because um, you know there's heart disease in my family, and I so so for, for about the last three years when I hit fifty. Um, I started going to uh, I started going to a cardiologist every six months, mm -hmm. and I, th I have blood pressure issues, and I take medication, and I stay on my medication, and I try and be as healthy uh, as you can. Well, yeah. proactive. Yeah, you, know, you can carry on more of a normal lifestyle when you're proactive with medication, and you know, I, I mean. Yeah, I could be in a little bit better physical condition when it comes to my weight. Yeah, but you're not like bad. But like you yeah, know, right? Like, like nobody's we're, we're nobody's in, having to feed me in bed. We're in when we're in. <laughs> I don't know if people know when we're in locker rooms. People ask Chris if if he's gonna go one more match. If he's gonna do one more match. I think even Kevin Sullivan said like you look yeah. like you'd still go. Like yeah. you, if anybody like, if I were to describe you to anybody. And be like, oh yeah, he's yeah, middle-aged former wrestler. They have this image of you, and then when they meet you, it's just like, oh, I thought he was like, you know, well, I have, on I, a cane well, or no, you know. Well, and, and and I'm lucky enough to have a regular job. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not keeps just you active. It keeps me active, mm -hmm. and I I am physically active. I mean, I, I do uh, I do. Uh, walk between uh you know three and a half and five miles a night in my regular job and i'm physically active and i push things around you know i'm physical you know yeah. i stay fit people would say it's a physically active lifestyle mm -hmm. but when i'm done i'm fucking done yeah and uh you know i i could be a little bit more conscious but i do go to the doctor on a regular basis i see my regular physician my internal medicine physician every six months I see a cardiologist, if not every six months, at least once a year. Mm -hmm. 
um, and they do, and I ask for tests, and, and you know, yes, I do have health insurance, so that's an advantage to me. But yeah. listen, there is nothing. I do the old. Is, uh, I do the old. Uh, yeah, we'll pay it, and then I just never do. This <laughs> medical debt, fuck right, it. Right. You know, you only live once. But you, I mean, you got to keep up with it. Here's a disclaimer: if you're if you're a person that has the history of you know those type of issues and even if you don't mm-hmm. you need to go see a doctor on a regular basis get your blood pressure in check get your um you know uh get your uh, um, medical background uh you know maybe it's a cancer issue because there's cancer that runs in families and, see that's my and not so, on my dad's side but on my mom's side of the family there's a lot of uh cancer but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get regular checkups until like forty. Well, that's. I mean, that's. A is good, that is that a good strategy? Good. I mean, unless something, unless I notice something yeah, here between issue, the next. Then you need to, you know, but uh, I'm I'm going to be thirty four by the way in four days. Have, Any advice? I, I have an uncle. I have an <laughs> uncle that literally um, died at forty seven years old. Jesus. Okay. Well, I'm going to go to the doc. I'm going to start regularly going. Old, to, I'm going to thirty seven. So it is. When I started <laughs> to get to that age, I yeah. was like, I need to be conscious of it, and you know. I think uh, when I was probably 35, Mm. I was uh, managing guys at uh, PCW over in Arlington. Yeah, I remember PCW. And I had a pretty good crew, and we were uh, were working on a regular basis. We were on TV, and I was... uh, basically doing the Gary Hart gimmick at the, you know, with all my, with, with my stable of wrestlers. The, the Kurt Von? No, it was, no, I was, uh, I was, I was, it was Cutthroat International. Cutthroat International. It's a great fucking name. I was just doing, going out there doing a Gary Hart impersonation as gotcha. the manager. And, but that's uh, a great fucking name. Cutthroat International. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, so uh, we were doing a match and um, the, one of the, uh, the, walk into the finish was I was going to grab a chair out of the out of the audience fold the chair up and as the ref turned his back whack the opponent in the head and that was going to go into the finish okay well I reach into the audience and I grab a chair that's empty mm-hmm. and I go to fold it up and somebody grabbed Two people grabbed the chair. They, you took somebody's seat. No, that was actually <laughs> the audience members that were just sitting there, and they were, you know. They were into it. Right. They were into it. So I folded it up, pulled it, and they grabbed the two people, grabbed the chair. Mm-hmm. They're into it. They don't right. want the heel so man. I'm wearing, I'm wearing dress shoes. I'm wearing slacks. I'm wearing a, <laughs> I'm wearing a, a button-up shirt and a, and a jacket. And, uh, and I, the, the, when somebody grabs something, when you push against it, what happens they kind of let their grip up because yeah. it's when you pull it that they tighten their grip up. So I push the chair forward, which makes people naturally loosen their grip. Yeah. And when they, I push the chair forward towards them, they let go, and I jerked the chair, and there was sweat on the ground, and I slipped on the on the ground, and I fell back into the ring. Oh, shit. And hit my head on the ring post. And the Blood? Ang- and the angle iron, 27 stitches. Uh, and so I would have made those audience members pay for that com- shit. Completely, immediately went into a concussion. Uh, of course, like, yeah. Like my eyes rolled back in my head uh, and everything went into tunnel vision, but I stood up and <laughs> whacked the kid with the, ch- whacked the opponent with the chair to finish, to go into the finish. But so, you, do you not remember it? I'm sure oh, you don't remember it. I remember it, it but okay. it's, it's, it's literally like I'm looking through 
two paper rolls. Yeah. You know, it's Jeez. like it's that tunnel vision. That tunnel vision. And, and when something like that happens, it's the ringing of your ears that really throw you <sighs> off. It's that constant ringing. It's like when anything... Like I've got anxiety a, just listening to this fucking car, story. When you're in a car accident, I can vouch for this, when you're in a car accident or a motorcycle accident, yeah, it, you, it happens ringing. too, that ringing It's happens. shock, yeah. It's, yeah, you're going in shock. Mm-hmm. And blood was just... I ruined a jacket and a dress shirt. It just... Blood was just covered it. And uh, it looked good. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I went to the back... And uh, one of my buddies was there, who was actually a, a doctor of chiropractic. So he came oh, back. Thank to, God. He came back to check on me, and uh, and he's like, "Are you okay? Do you need anything?" I was like, "Yeah." Would you go get me a beer? Because <laughs> that's what you need to be doing. So I cracked open a beer, and I was like, "Oh, I was like, hey, God, Chris, like I had something. On, you know, I had." Uh, I had, uh, you know, a towel covering it and was trying to stop the bleeding. It's like, not from the chair shots, your memory. You drank a fucking beer no, during a concussion. It's all the concussions. And uh, so I said, take a look at it. He looked at it and he goes, we're going to the hospital. <sighs> I'm like, 27 I'm stitches. Like, Are you sure there's nothing you can do? You can't just like butterfly it or something. No. He's like, no, bro. Because I can stick my finger in that one. Oh, stop it, Chris. He's like, uh, so... Uh, so they packed me up, took me to the hospital. Yeah. Well, the first thing they said is my blood pressure was high. Mm. So um, they weren't. As <laughs> Your response was, "Well, I did just bust my head oh, open. Shit. You know, you know, I'm in pain. Yeah. It's like, you got anything for the pain? Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure if we stitch this up, my blood pressure will be fine. So <laughs> no, but that made me conscious mm-hmm. at that age to to uh, be a little bit more conscious of my and you blood were pressure. Thirty five. And third, about thirty five. Thirty five. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, it was um, it was definitely a, a wake up call. Well, ending on a wrestling note because I do want to ask you about this Money in the Bank pay per view coming up. Uh, Zelina Vega returned to WWE, but Money in the Bank is coming up. By the way, uh, our 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 commentary on Zelina Vega going back to WWE is uh, well, money's nice. Uh, <laughs> Because yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't, I would, I would ask, not go back. Well, I would ask for a big payday. I would, yeah. I want, I want Definitely a, I want a, a main payday. roster push, and she gets that. She's in the Money in the Bank match and uh, increase in salary, and let me have a Twitch channel. Right. That's all I would ask for because they did not. I guess they did not want her even dipping her toes into the indie scene mm. because they already released uh, her husband Alistair Black, but also her first client Andrade. So you, her, you got to take somebody back, you know, to get them out of the sure. indies. Right. But uh, you know, Money in the Bank is known as like a big ladder match pay per view, and there's something I've always wondered about ladder matches: are the ladders fixed? What or do you mean? Like, are they made of a, a lighter metal gimmick? No, they're, they're not gimmicked. The, the the ladders that I've dealt with, and now I've. Um, I've been in um, basically uh, what we call back in the day hardcore matches mm-hmm. and uh, um, no holds barred matches mm-hmm. or bring or you know come come as you are matches. The and, a Nirvana match yeah. and uh, yeah, <laughs> fucker, an old Cobain. What we yeah. call? <laughs> Go ahead. So, uh, but the but the ladders that you, that we use, they're basically just the fiberglass. Uh, ladders that you would buy at Home Depot. Well, t- uh, TNA, they would t- 
take wooden ladders and they'd paint them like they were metal yeah. and kind of like winky, winky, yeah. winky. But like, here's the issue with that. Is yeah. that now you when, got wood? Yeah. So now you're dealing with um, a ladder. If you're if you're working with the fiberglass ladders that are uh, you know very sturdy and mm-hmm. you know they're industrial ladders that. You know, electrician would use, yeah. or a roofer, or just a, or a, roofer would a use. ladder you have around your or, house, yeah, or that yeah. you would go if you're going to make a a, a, a a substantial investment for a ladder for your home. That's what you're going to buy mm-hmm. because they last. Mm-hmm. And so, when you're working in a ladder match, here's the issue: is that if you don't use a ladder like that, if you use that ladder for a spot mm-hmm. and it breaks. Mm. And the match is fucking over. Yeah, but they got 18 of them under the ring. Well, so Or you know how they usually set it up when it's like a ladder event or a ladder pay-per-view? Ladders everywhere. Right. This is how we're decorating the set. But, um, I mean, I, I, the ones that I've dealt with have been either top-notch aluminum ladders mm-hmm. that are just as expensive to buy at Home Depot or any other hardware, you know place uh now when you're told hey you're gonna be in a ladder match is your first thought like fuck because <laughs> this is gonna suck well my first thought is that uh what's payday what yeah <laughs> you know are you increasing the pay on right this? and so you know if it's if it's because they still gotta hurt that's why i asked yeah, it's a big arena match you yeah. know i mean uh you know that's especially if it's been set up properly mm-hmm you know, if it's if the angle has been set up properly, then it's definitely something that you're a little bit more excited about doing. Mm-hmm. But um, but you know, the second thing is like, okay, what spots are we gonna? You know, what mm-hmm. spots are? I mean, these kids nowadays, you've seen it. Mm-hmm. These you've seen footage of these kids like literally like practicing these spots over and over and over in the the training center today's ladder matches make me squeamish i can watch scott hall Shawn michaels have a ladder match any day you know what it's because those spots were called in the ring Mm -hmm. oh yeah i agree with that so you know now they've got the now with the ladder matches now it's just I feel that it's just someone's going to die. <laughs> Someone is going to die. Well, they, they do practice them. They do. But to me, it, it brings less realism to, you know, I mean, if you're a professional and you know what you're doing mm-hmm. and you know um, how to take a bump and how what the angle is, you know, knowing the angle and a spot yeah. is so important especially in a large ring those 20 by 20 mm-hmm. wwf rings they're completely totally different so so you got to know your steps mm-hmm. you got to know what spots you're going to do and kind of have an idea i mean we've done spots where we laid those ladders over in the corner and took complete and total back bumps or did you know german suplexes on yeah. the ladders Listen, somebody busts their heads open, then you fucking, you got to figure out what the next spot is. But if you practice it over and over again, and then somebody gets hurt, these kids have the tendency to, like, not realize they got to grab a hold and figure it out. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, nobody's, you know, things might not be going the way they wanted them to go. So That's why I think with ladder matches, I think in a tag team setting, ladder matches are good. But in today's modern wrestling, just 
two people settling a feud in a ladder match. It's just like, no, there's better right. ways to, there's better gimmick matches. Sure. You know, you can do an all-out street fight, a hell in a cell, yeah. a cage match, yeah. ladder match. It's just. Well, to me, the, 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 uh, the I really love the old uh, cyclone fence cage matches. You know what I'm saying? You know <laughs> yeah, what I'm yeah, about? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was like they were cyclone fence yeah. cages, like like literally strapped to the ring, so that <laughs> you could literally Some climb up on them. It's oof. just and you know you could throw a guy's head into mm. it or get up on the top and take a bump off the top. And but painful. Listen, Un- unfortunately, the way this wrestling business has progressed, you got to get bigger and bigger. You got to get bigger, bigger. You got to get more violent. Right. You know, I mean, we always used to say, "Okay, well, what are you going to do next? Bring a shotgun in, shoot the guy in the stomach." <laughs> I mean, on, It'll come, draw money. Come on, grab a hold. You know, Vince McMahon wants to kill. I mean, he already has, but you want, you know, he wants to kill. Fucked. I don't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. So I don't up. give a fuck. I've seen enough documentaries to know that man's not hadn't got a clean conscience. Oh I don't care God. if you like Chappelle. Shut <laughs> you fucking Owen's dead. Blood on your hands. Oh my God. Owen's dead. Who else is dead? Well, uh, <laughs> sorry about that, folks. Let's end this episode naming Vince's uh, victims. Um, Jimmy Snooker's girlfriend. <laughs> Every guy who's walking taken in too there, many gimmicks and died in a hotel room. Walking in there with a briefcase full of money at the police department. We know what you did, yeah. Vince. Um, but <laughs> That's horrible. I know. I'm just saying that... Uh, what was the point? I... I <laughs> I made fun of Vince and I lost the train of thought. Uh, you were looking but you gotta for get a more violent. You gotta get more violent. And I don't know. I don't know. I feel like uh, at some point wrestlers are gonna get health care because the, the more dangerous you get with it, the more you just have to. Well, I'll tell you this: um, the lifespan would, the lifespan of wrestlers would get better. Yeah. I mean, I think that's. I think it's the biggest hurdle that performers have to deal with at a um, advanced age and when I say advanced age at this point it's 40 plus I mean mm-hmm. you know you some, you, back in my day you could still wrestle and be productive way into your 40s and mm-hmm. 50s but you know with the way well, that kids are, these guys are getting hurt and mm-hmm. the, the chances they're taking it just you just can't do it anymore well I mean that part has kind of evolved in wrestling Whereas, like, Sting is, like, what, 63, 64? Yeah. And he's still putting good matches well, on. Well, I know. you got to think it. Like, guys like, like Steve Austin, he, he mm-hmm. retired. He was, un, he he was retired early. 40, under yeah. 40. I think he was 38 years old. Yeah, the back thing. The yeah. Owen Hart. The neck. Yeah. 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 So. Had Owen Hart not dropped him on his head, we probably would have had, like, 13 more good Who Stone Cold knows? years. Who fucking knows? You know? you know what I'm saying? It's like... He did give all of what he had in the business. You know what I'm glad he uh, he didn't do? Face Brock Lesnar that night he walked out. Yeah. I'm glad he never faced Brock Lesnar. Because you could never, ever say Brock Lesnar was better than Stone Cold. There you go. You know? Same thing with Goldberg. I'm glad Stone Cold and Goldberg never had a match. Right. I remember that was the dream match in the 90s. But had Stone Cold faced Goldberg, it would have been like the real William Regal match. We would have just seen well, everything yeah, that Goldberg was, didn't know how to do. Yeah, it's um, And he was... Ne- Listen, Goldberg was a phenom. He was never mm-hmm. a wrestler. 
And, and he never really learned the business. I don't think people give Steve Austin the credit for just how good of a wrestler he was because mm-hmm. his gimmick was so good that you could you could kind of. Uh, well, go look if you want if you have if you ever uh, question that. Mm-hmm. Go look back at his career in WCW. Oh, absolutely with go, the with go, the Hollywood Blondes and or everything. Go, yeah. Or go look go look at his matches with um, with uh, Ricky Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat, just when he's stunning Steve Austin. Uh, then he had a match with Mikey Whipwreck. That was really really good. Told a really good story. Uh, his ECW days. That's another example when he went to ECW for a little bit. Well, he was he was uh, dealing with an injury, mm-hmm. so really that's where he learned to do promos. Yeah. So that was an advantage to him. At you know, you think an injury like that is a disadvantage, but to him at that time, it really was an advantage because it taught him to be able to rely on something other than his in ring. In ring, you know, he was the ni- he was 1990s Rookie of the Year. Yeah, but he wasn't like a Hulk Hogan or a John no. Cena where it was like all char- charisma, right. no. five moves. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin. You could tell a story. Tell a story, technical moves. Well, and that's what we're... Brawling. I think that's what we... I think at the basis, I think a lot of that lies in the basis of what we were taught from uh, Chico Cabela and mm-hmm. Chris Adams in the wrestling, you know, in the wrestling school, you know, learning how to uh, do things properly and make it look real. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, working with all those Tennessee guys <laughs> and being on the road with yeah, all you those said, Tennessee guys. You said that with such hate. And <laughs> no, but, no, but really, I mean, it really was. I mean, you got to think of the guys that we Those did, fucking with. Jarrett's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, Jeff Jarrett, I mm-hmm. mean, you know, Billy o. Travis, um, Bill Dundee. You might as well put Jerry Lawler. Jarrett on I mean, Lawler. Yeah, Lawler, that's right. Know, and, Lawler's and Tennessee. the Tennessee style was a very light style. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a, you know, beat the shit out of you like the Steiners so, it kind was, of style. It, it was, was so light, Andy Kaufman came and did a little <laughs> Okay, I a little think we wrapped that shit up on that one. <laughs> But yeah, uh, you know we have a show to do we here do. in a here second. In just what hour and fifteen? Hour and fifteen. Right. You ready? Yeah, man, come see us do comedy. goddammit. it, come see us. Uh, I mean, this is being recorded. You can't see us tonight. No, but you can see us at any other show when you hear us advertise a comedy show. Get mm-hmm. your tickets, get them early, and come out and see us. Yep, find us on uh, on social media. Chris Germany, Dan Danzy. Uh, July fifth, I'm going to be in Denton. One of the last live shows at J&J's Pizza. Come see me. But together, we're going to be at the Addison Improv, Dan Danzi and Friends, on Thursday, July 8th. It will also be a day removed from my 34th birthday. So if you hate me, come to the show. Tell me to go fuck myself 34 times. There you go. (laughs) Find us on Twitter at Counting Lights. Uh, counting underscore lights. I'm sorry about that. Twitter at uh, counting underscore lights. Facebook.com slash counting lights podcast. Give us a like and follow. Email us. Chris really wants you to. Yeah, email me. I'm fine with it. I'm fine without it. But if you want to email us, counting lights podcast at gmail.com. And this is the counting lights podcast. He's Chris Germany. And that's Dan Danzi. And this is the counting lights podcast where comedy and wrestling lock up.